Maryland police aren't going to use the scumbag's name because it encourages killers. Marshall will have wow. that in his news. People Great. are finally starting to catch on, so we'll talk more about that in about a half an hour. Finally! I don't want to hear his grievances. I don't want to see nope. his picture. I want him put it in a hole for the rest of his miserable, stinking life unless they execute him, which would be better yet. And see, so this is what happens to you, you crazy, angry killer wannabe. Nobody hears what you were mad about. Nobody hears your name. Nobody sees your picture, and you just go away forever. Does we don't all discuss your grievances, yeah. you piece of crap. Everybody's got grievances. Shut up. Or go to a counselor or, or get a religion or drink or something. Cowards. Anyway. Oh, coming up, uh, a great oh, guest. Oh, the guy on the batter. That's, that's become a joke with a friend anyway. of mine. We do the Vin Scully thing after a really Here's dark Here's the two segment. and one. And uh, oh, and two on the batter. Yeah, that's, that is a good, <laughs> good running gag. I'll try to get on board. Coming up, uh, a great guest on the guy who's probably going to be the president of Mexico. What he is saying on the campaign trail will shock you. Yeah, so... Um, I, Country right next door. We got a little. Uh, uh, we we got a number of beefs with them. Beefs. We have a number of beefs with them. We we well, learned number one. They need to pay for the wall we're building. We learned the plural of beef is beeves. That is correct. Uh, <laughs> Use that at your Fourth of July gathering. <laughs> so, wow, Jim, those are some good looking beeves on the grill. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> but we have a number of beeves with Mexico, so I'm kind of interested in who their new president's going to be, and their election is uh, coming up this weekend, Sunday. Yeah. And this is why I know this is a big deal, because I vacationed in Mexico a lot back in the day. And one time went... Check his papers. And it must have went around 4th of July. It would make sense. So 4th of July was, you know, on a Tuesday or whatever, do a four-day weekend, go down to Mexico. Go to buy buy beer, go to get a little drinking, because the whole reason I'm in Mexico is to get hammered, right? (laughs) So uh, you can't buy any beer, on election day? The day before election day. What? Listen, this is what it was 20 years ago when I was in Mexico. The day before election day, election day, and the day after election day. You the couldn't day buy anything to after? That's oppression. It was, Barbaric. It was several days. And, and then, honest <sighs> to God, you know, I thought, this is a disaster. Oh, my Dios. I'm on vacation. I got a room looking over the ocean. I can't get anything to drink. So I went to a convenience store and talked to the guy, and he said if I give him 50 bucks, he'd let me buy a case of Tecate. So I had to give him the 50 bucks, had to drive around the back, go down the alley. He threw it in the back of my truck as I was driving, and I headed to the hotel. I was a bandito. Wow. <laughs> I'd been a little concerned going in the back of that alley. Eh. Yeah, senor, take all your cash out and meet me in the alley. Mm, I, was des- I was desperato. I, under- I understand. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were bilingual. <laughs> I needed some booze. So we'll talk more about Mexico and the uh, likely president and, and the rest well, of it. Well, what's the theory on nobody can drink in the whole country on an election anywhere? I can't imagine. It's 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 a nightmare to me. <laughs> so, it's, 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 it's inexplicable. They're afraid people vote drunkenly? or So hmm. only the people who plan 36 hours in advance can get hammered on election day, I guess? Yeah, that's what always bothered me about blue laws yeah, in, in yeah. Kansas where we lived, because you couldn't buy various boozes on Sunday. I can't remember precisely how it works. It was a long time ago, but I was... Uh, saw, yeah, I grew this, up with no beer on Sunday. It was just part of life. Right. This is a punishment for lack of planning. It has nothing to do with drinking. Yeah, but you'd be surprised how often it happened with me yeah. and my friends. Yeah. You thought you had enough, <laughs> but you had a big Saturday, yeah. and now you're out. I hate to admit it. And it's it, a beautiful Sunday. What about my right to get hammered? Let's take a fond look back at the week that was, ladies and gents. It's Cow Clips of the Week. But at the same time, they should probably learn that if they like a movie or song, the person who made that probably doesn't like their dad that much. 
When did you tell your kids there was no Santa Claus? Every day. Every day? Yeah. The, the memories, the magic. Hungry, hangry. Ew. But no one should call for the harassment of political opponents. That's not right. That's not American. There is something to be said about that the folks calling for civility might need to check their privilege. Yeah, and instead of condiments, every one of those comes with a cry for help. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take two, please. Sometimes you have to toot your own horn because nobody else is going to do it. That's the government for you. Oh, yeah. From just a, a, a political uh, science perspective, that the, the middle of the court shifts to John Roberts. Um, it doesn't shift all the way to the, the furthest right person on the court. And that's the new swing, Jesse. Good evening. I'm Chris Matthews in Washington. There are times to fight, and this is one of them. Well, I hope to have a cow that uh, delicious and well-marbled on my grill this weekend. Yeah, that was a good back-to-back -back with the law professor saying, look, the new justice is not the middle now. It's the, <laughs> the, the middle. Whoever's in the middle is in the middle, no matter who you put on. So, And then Chris Matthews following that with a, this is Armageddon! <laughs> Take up arms! Mm -hmm. And by the way, that uh, the guy in there saying, um, yeah, I tell my kids every day there's no Santa Claus, is one of the presidential candidates, but he's not expected to win, right? Oh, he's not the guy who's going to win? I thought no. that was, uh, what's it, Nambla? I think I'm wrong. Am I wrong? I Harbaugh? think I'm wrong. Amlo, they no, call him. No, the, the Santa hater guy, he was he's not yeah. in, involved in, in any sort of final he's polls a, that I've seen. He's a hilarious candidate that has no chance to win. <laughs> the anti <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. Wait, I hear, I hear you talking. Everybody's a fan of the D.B. Cooper case, right? The guy who, uh, yeah. what did he, he robbed the bank? How do you, how do you get the money originally? Got two hundred gur. Um, that's funny. I don't remember how he got the money originally. Yeah, that's but not the key part. He ended up on a plane with all the money, then jumped out of the plane and was never seen again. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, parachuted out of the plane. And, and as uh, for me, I hope DB Cooper's drinking champagne. Says Todd Snyder. Yeah, yeah, and uh, well, it's believed that he got away with it. Oh, uh, told a flight attendant he had a bomb in his briefcase, gave her a note demanding money. After the plane landed, he released the 36 passengers in exchange for 200 grand in ransom and parachutes. Oh, okay. The ransom was paid in $20 bills. The hijacker then ordered the plane to fly to Mexico, but near the Washington-Oregon border, he jumped out, was never seen or heard from again. And there's a documentary filmmaker who says that uh, a letter sent to the Portland Oregonian contains a confession from Army veteran Robert Rackstraw. That's a good name. It was sent only months after a, a man uh, identified as Cooper, hijacked a plane, etc., etc. Um, this letter is to let you know I'm not dead but really alive and just back from the Bahamas so your silly troopers up there can stop looking for me. That is just how dumb this government is. I like your articles about me, but you can stop them now. D.B. Cooper is not real. I went out of the system and saw a way through good old Unk. Now it's Uncle's turn to weep and pay one of its own some cash for a change. And please tell the lackey cops D.B. Cooper is not my real name. The uh, documentary guy told the New York Daily News he received the letter after suing the FBI for the files. He noticed that the letter was written in a similar fashion to a separate letter, and he called a codebreaker to decipher it. Rick Sherwood, former, a former Army security agency member, told the newspaper he spotted similarities with the words D.B. Cooper, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, he said the words, and please tell the lackey cops meant I am First Lieutenant Robert Rack Rackstraw. It was some sort of code. 
that he explains. Um, uh, yeah, D.B. Cooper is one of those weird things where we all root for them to get away, even though they stole and scared a bunch of people thought they were going to die in a plane. And, exactly. And it's awful. Yeah, the more you think about it, the worse it is. Yeah. Yeah. But you just go with the folk hero movie version of it, and you're rooting for them. Now, if he's stolen the money from, you know, uh, Bernie Madoff and just jumped off the plane on his own or something, you could root for the guy. But, yeah, terrifying all those people? I'll never see my family again, thought 140 people. Yeah. Um, you, I hope they catch him. All kinds of crimes that you couldn't do anymore, right? You just you couldn't you couldn't pull off things the way you used to. Oh yeah, I you know I I mentioned a couple times I got great crime stories. This one uh, case, uh, it was a fatal car wreck in 1973. They just figured out the guy killed his wife, his new wife. Um, wasn't investigated at the time. The science wasn't as good. It wasn't as rigorous when it. You know, the cops said, I don't know, it seems kind of funny. And the doctor said, seems kind of weird to me. But there weren't procedures in place that meant, okay, that triggers an investigation. Everything was a little more seat of the pants. So he got away with it for decades. Anyway, so we think we have Kevin uh, Seif from the Washington Post to talk about AMLO. If we don't, I would like to. That's going to be the new president of Mexico. And we should know what this person's all about, what their politics are. More friendly to America and Trump, less friendly. Um, Corrupt, not corrupt. Etc. Etc. But if we don't, we got the Rolling Stone has released the top 100 songs of the century so far. Or 18 years in, is that? We'll be focusing in on 84 through 87. <laughs> Actually, we'll give you the top five songs of the century so far. You know, we're nearly 20 years in. Seems a little early. 18 years. Oh. What do you want to wait? Time to take a look back. You want to wait till. At least 75 years in. 2090 when you're good and dead. Exactly. (laughs) Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mexico is a democracy, don't you know? Uh, but they got, you know, they got a lot of corruption. They had that town the other day where the entire police force was arrested over the killing of the mayor. The entire police force arrested by the federal government because they were all in on it somehow. It is a troubled government, no doubt. And they're going to have a new president. So we thought we'd learn something about this person. Yeah, he's uh, definitely the leading candidate going into Sunday's presidential election. He goes by the nickname of AMLO, among other uh, monikers. What does that mean? Uh, it's uh, Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador. Okay. That's his just initials. So and, it's like uh, J-Lo. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Very much. We're joined now by Kevin Seif in Mexico City, Latin America correspondent for the Washington Post. Kevin, I'm sorry. Did I get your name right? Yeah, it's Kevin Seif. Oh, Seif. I'm sorry. Well, welcome. We're glad to be talking to you. Tell us about this uh, gentleman who's likely to be the next president of Mexico. So he has a long and storied political career here in Mexico. Um, he, you know, he started off basically as a political organizer in the southern state of Tabasco, where you know he was a real thorn in the side of the state. He was sort of defending oil workers in these big, very, very tense protests um, over the National Oil Company. You know, he's the kind of guy who, for a long time, was a real fixture of the left in Mexico. He named his son after Che Guevara. 
you know, I talked wow. to some of his friends from, from sort of his old days, and they talked about how they used to sort of talk fondly of the Cuban Revolution and, you know, sort of bringing some elements of that to Mexico. I mean, that's how he started his political career. Since then, he, he has sort of moved more to the center. He was the mayor of Mexico City from 2000 to 2006. He was pretty popular, pretty pragmatic, didn't do anything, you know, too, too radical. But, but since then, you know, he's been running for president. He ran for president in 2006. He ran for president again in 2012. And some of the things he says do, do worry people in the private sector. You know, he's, he's talked about kind of stopping um, foreign oil contracts. And oil is a huge, huge part of Mexico's economy and also a, a, a huge source of, um, of investment for American and, um, and other international companies. Um, but what, what's striking about him is that I think a lot of people really counted him out of national politics after he, he lost uh, he lost the race for president in 2006 and 2012. Did you hit us with an you age? Know, Did we already mention an age? I, I, since, you know, he's, he's, since he's run 64. a couple of times, is he getting older? 64, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah I believe he's 64 now. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he's been around for a long time, and, and I think a lot of people did count him out. And what changed is the last administration, which was the, the president still is Enrique, Enrique Peña Nieto, and basically there have just been sort of corruption scandal after corruption scandal, serious problems with security. I mean, by a lot of measures, Mexico is as violent as it's ever been, or at least it's been in recent memory. Heck yeah. And, and, um, and Lopez Obrador has really been the beneficiary, in a way, of this administration's problems. He's, he's run as sort of an outsider candidate. He's, he's been incredibly critical of the political establishment. That'll never and work. And that is what voters want to hear right hey, now. Hey, look, yeah. there's only one question. Is he willing to pay for a wall at Donald <laughs> Trump's behest? <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure the answer to that is no. Um, you know, he, he, he wrote a book um, called Listen Trump last year, which is sort of like at the beginning, at the beginning of his, his campaigning, he wanted to make it pretty clear that, you know, he was as, as vocal an opponent to Trump as, as anyone in Mexico. But the truth is that, I mean, this election really isn't about isn't about the United States. It's not about Trump. Everything's about, about Trump. Art's about Trump. <laughs> Food's about Trump. TV's about Trump. Music's about Trump. Yeah. I can't take it. No kidding. Anyway. Uh, Kevin Seif joins us from Mexico City's Latin America correspondent for the Washington Post. I understand one of the nicknames of this gentleman is The American. Why did they call him that? Yeah, you know, I was surprised to learn that because a lot of people, again, see him as a sort of staunch leftist or, you know, someone against kind of neoliberalism. But when he was growing up in the state of Tabasco, you know, he was kind of a, a, a middle-class middle class kid, played center field on the local baseball team. And his father, uh, one of his father's jobs was selling American clothes um, to the sort of local community down there. And Lopez Obrador, who was, I think, a pretty sort of industrious, pretty like industrious kid growing up, tried to make some extra money um, by selling by selling those clothes to his friends. So a lot of people, you know, who grew up with him thought, oh, this is sort of like a budding capitalist. Um, and, of course, things turned out pretty differently. Mm. So to become president of Mexico, do you have to play any sort of game with the drug cartels? I mean, do you have to, I don't know, do you have to make it clear you're not going to be too tough on them, or do you have to act like you're going to really be tough on them to get people to vote for you? Did they play a role? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think security is a huge issue in this election. So, you know, to win, you definitely have to come across as the kind of person who's going to make Mexico safer. The question is, how do you do that, right? So 
the game that, or not the game, but the, the platform that that uh, that AMLO and uh, Lopez Obrador has put forth is that he's going to grant amnesty to sort of low-level employees of these organizations or low or low-level people who maybe are growing marijuana, working in the fields. You know, not not like your sort of kingpin um, narco guy, but but um, but sort of you know poor people who are kind of drawn into into the into the narco world. That's 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 the one thing he said about this. It's it's pretty unusual, honestly. I mean, that's not a common approach to dealing with drug trafficking in Mexico. A lot of people were were pretty surprised and frankly opposed to that idea. He hasn't really elaborated on it, mm. but. But, uh, I mean, it's certainly going to be something that's interesting to watch. I mean, the question of whether you have to collaborate with the drug cartels to win an election, I don't necessarily think that's that's true in national politics. It's definitely true in local politics mm. in Mexico. I mean, wow. if you're running for mayor of a city where there's a huge narco presence, you're not going to win that election. And, frankly, you might not stay alive. And keep well, your yeah, head. You wouldn't want to. You want to keep your right? head. That's yeah. really the whole goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So I mean that in that case you really do need significant support from these these drug these well, drug trafficking. MMGA make Mexico great again. Indeed. That's what I say. Kevin Seif of the Washington Post. Uh, Kevin, a real pleasure. Thanks a million for the report. Yeah, anytime. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Thank you. There's got to be some sort of game going on with the cartels, even at the presidential level. Maybe it's not. Never mind that. This is way more interesting. This guy helped establish a retirement home for aging prostitutes. What? In Mexico City. That's Worn a out. How come they have that and we don't? Worn out whores. It was <laughs> it was named after an Aztec goddess whose name I will not even attempt to con- pronounce. X-O-C-H-I-Q-U-E-T-Z-A-L. Mm-hmm. Ask for it by name. <laughs> a retirement Zozo, I call her. That was that a like part of his platform? I'll open a retirement home for prostitutes. That was uh, one of the social programs that uh, bought him uh, big poll numbers when he was the mayor of Mexico City. Interesting. Yeah, a retirement home for aging prostitutes. Wow. And yeah. what age would that be? Forty? I don't know. It depends on the uh, sex worker in question. I suppose some of them prize fitness, huh. skincare. I'll be danged. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well. He and Trump won't get along. That's my prediction. Oh, that's going to be exciting, isn't it? I call him the Trump of Mexico. He sounds like he's the Bernie of Mexico, huh? Uh, kind of, although he's a little more centrist. You know, the whole uh, amnesty or soft treatment for those kind of drawn into the cartel, I could see where that would be a pretty popular policy, because yeah. they come to you and say silver or lead, right. meaning we'll either pay you or kill you. Which one do you want? Yeah. And there's a lot of poor people who just they don't have a choice. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Maryland police refusing to name the suspect in the Capitol Gazette shooting case. We've got Americans taking to the streets tomorrow. And Armstrong and Getty newsman Marshall Phillips caught up in push-up controversy and conspiracy charges. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is blowing up on the Internet. People this is worse than, worse than the Brian Williams lies to me. All kinds of wild claims. <laughs> if it's true. The videos are available at armstrongandgetty.com. The details, if you don't know about them, from our big event last night. We'll tell you about it coming up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So much to talk about and so little time to do it. Let's get to it with Marsha Phillips. Well, police in Maryland are refusing to name the suspect in the deadly Capital Gazette shooting spree. The suspect has not been cooperating with police, 
The police chief, uh, Timothy Altamere, said the suspect's name is out in the media, but he will not identify him. I like it. For fear that he will get some sort of recognition out of his name being repeated. We're getting closer. I wish the media would get on board with the coppers who have figured out that mentioning these people's names encourages more shootings. It doesn't do... Uh, I'd ask you to do your own show during your own show, sir. Uh, it's 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 only causing more killings, this getting the name out there in the picture yeah. and stuff. And slowly but surely, people are catching on to something that we've been talking about, frankly, for years. Prosecutor says the shooting suspect uh, managed to barricade the exit door so employees couldn't escape while he walked through with a shotgun shooting at them. He was reportedly found hiding under a desk by police when they got in. Well, that's a string of shootings in a row where we have the uh, the scumbags alive at the end, and at least we get to spend a little time trying to figure out what makes their effed up brain work. Hundreds of thousands of protesters are expected to take part in rallies from coast to coast Saturday against the Trump administration's policies on immigration. There are more than 620 rallies planned for people who are upset with the recent family separations at the U.S.-Mexico border. In Washington, D.C. alone, the ACLU is predicting 300,000 people are going to be turning out, many in these demonstrations demanding the end of ICE. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how America reacts. America is not on board with uh, policies that far to the left. And California Congresswoman Maxine Waters says she's getting death threats over comments she made over the weekend. She says she had to cancel two appearances in Alabama and Texas because her office has seen an influx of hostile mail. Saturday, Waters was telling supporters they should publicly confront and harass members of the Trump administration over the government's zero-tolerance policy at the border. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. What a lunatic. She is a lunatic, but you can't make death threats. One, it just ain't cool as a human being. Two, you are in serious legal problem if you do that and you get caught. Yeah, I guess. Although everybody who has the least beef runs and says, I'm getting internet death threats. What if you have multiple beefs? Oh, boy. I mean, so a bunch of trolls are trolling her. I just, you know, don't hurt anybody for any reason, but... Anytime anybody gets in trouble, they they play the I'm getting death threats card, so everybody eases up on them. All right, changing gears now. Last night, Armstrong and Getty newsman Marshall Phillips took on his 10 push-ups in a row challenge at a very public celebration of A&G's 20th anniversary. It's a triumph of the will! All this after his first attempt to do 10 in a row put him in the hospital. Mr. Phillips bravely resumed the challenge using advanced training techniques and methods. Now ready again to take up the challenge in this very public way. Yes, Marshall Phillips! One-handed! Marshall Phillips was doing one-handed push-ups. He was clapping in between push-ups. Well, in front and that of a, was after he knocked off 15 standard push-ups. In front of a delighted crowd last night. Well, now there is controversy, my friends. Twitter and email exploding with messages from those in the crowd. Most cheering Mr. Phillips on for his valiant showing. Totally believable. Marshall is a stud. Yeah! <laughs> oh, my God! Oh, my God! <laughs> 
others blasting the effort, calling it a fake, a fraud, dubbing it one of the greatest scandals of 2018. Ah! Wow. Conspiracy theorists now claiming it was positive Sean who actually did those push-ups. It certainly was not me doing one-handed push-ups. The videos, the videos are at armstrongandgetty.com from the show last night. Check yep. them out for yourself. You'll see Marshall Phillips in the training room before the event. And then the actual push-ups themselves on stage. I was bearded with <laughs> that was out of order. It was quite the get-together. I'm bearded with flowing locks. I couldn't possibly be confused for Marshall. Mm. Well, I don't know. The conspiracy theories are going nuts again. Fake news, a vicious trolling campaign. You be the judge. Again, the video shot by one of the guests is at ArmstrongandGetty.com or Armstrong and Getty on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So we got time for a little of this. I think we do. Some of the uh, Rolling Stone came out with the top 100 songs of the century so far. We'll hit you with the top five or whatever. Maybe you know, maybe you don't. It's you not don't. even two decades. How can you have the top something of the century? It's ridiculous. I'm against this, but I will listen to the song. 20 years is a long time. 18 is less long. <laughs> So we'll, we'll hit you with those coming up. On the Stop Armstrong, rounding up. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. vacation all next week i hope you have a little time off i worked a lot of jobs in my life where no freaking way was i going to get any time off just because it was fourth of july and i worked jobs where i was glad because i got paid a little extra on a holiday oh yeah like you look forward to the holidays because it was double time or whatever i'll see y'all at eight o'clock i'm working and i'll tell you what this has been my experience uh Back in the day when I was younger and working all those jobs, all the people I worked with, we would have a hell of a time once we got off work on your Christmases, your Fourth of Julys, your Thanksgivings. We were working at really good times. I mean, really good times. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, top 10 songs of the well, uh, Rolling Stone has put out the top 100 songs of the century so far. I don't know if I need 100 songs of the first 18 years. but One interesting thing about, I, I don't know where music's going. There have been some changes, obviously, Hip-hop's quite a bit different from John Denver, but it's not as radically different as John Denver from, um, uh, I was trying to think of the uh, really old-timey musician from way back in the early 20th century. Mm. Um, you yeah, know, I see what The way saying. music changed from, you know, banjo tunes singing like this right. to pop music. Since the, the 60s on, there's a certain sameness to it. Yes, and I just wonder how long that'll last. Or will they'll be, by the end of this century, will it be as radically different as, hello, as being... To the Sex Pistols yeah, or, whatever, yeah. or, or or metal. Yeah. I mean, some metal, incredibly elaborate, nasty sounding is as different as can be. Anyway, uh, I'll hit you with the 10 through 6 real fast, and then we'll play a little bit of 5 through 1. Do we, how much time have I got, Michael? So I know how to pace myself. Uh, Six minutes. Something I've always been really good at, pacing myself. Start slow and taper off. Um, Nobody knows less about popular music than me. (laughs) I doubt there's anybody listening that knows less about it than me. Excellent. Let's proceed. Number 10, Last Night by The Strokes. Came out in 2001. I like that song. 
Number nine. That was very like apex of the distorted guitar sound awesome. of the, the early 2000s. A you lot know, of kind of bands came out with you that. You know, the Wall Street Journal declared the guitar is dead last year. They may feel free to shut up. <laughs> uh, number nine, Royals. Lord, I do know that song. Oh, yeah. We were Royals. Came Royals, out in- Royals. You can call me Queen Bee. <laughs> oh, came, that's good. Came out in 2013. Know this one, too. Number eight, Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Oh, love Adele. Number uh, That was in 2010. Number seven, Runaway, Kanye West featuring Pusha T. No, Pusha T. I no. tell you what, you got Pusha T on your track. You're in good shape. The only Kanye song that belongs on that list is this one. Boopity-scoop. <laughs> Scoop-dee-dee-whoop. That's my favorite thing that's happened in a decade. Yes. Number six, according to the Rolling Stone of the century so far, Maps by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Yeah. Um, but now we'll get to the top five and we'll play a little bit of it. All these songs, okay? Well, that's the number six one. I can't picture it, but that's okay. right. Number five, 99 Problems by Jay's. If you having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I, I got, got 99, 99 problems, problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cash is he using cuss words? Uh, is that why it keeps dropping out? He's cursing. Yes. Oh, Lord. He's using, yeah, he's cursing. Uh, that song Al is, Jolson wouldn't do that. That song is 15 years old, so that's an oldie if you're, you know, younger. Uh, number four, Hey Yeah by Outkast. Oh, oh, good tune. Infectious. So this was the I same. Do more. <gasps> on my, my songs. I don't do that nearly enough. So this was the same year as 99 Problems, so a good year, 2003, for music. I love that song so much. Yeah, that's a great one. I played that for my kids the other day, and they just thought it was fantastic. It's interesting playing a song for children. They've never heard it before to see how they're going to react to a giant hit. And they react to it almost always positively immediately, which shows that there's something going on there. Delaney from college. Hey, Dad, you know what's a great song? The Joker by the Steve Miller Band. I said, yeah, it is. (laughs) Thanks for the news, baby. Um, number three, best song of the century, also 2003. So the three uh, of the could, obviously five? whoever's in charge of this like was 19 years old, dating, in a, girl, dating a hot chick in 2003, right. and they're really listening to this music, right? Because <laughs> how could three of the top five be the same year? Whoops, the lights just went out. Oh, that, that are was we still on the air. Hello, I'm going to assume we are on the air. So seven nations. I'm assuming we're under attack by China. <laughs> Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes is the number three most popular song. And if I catch it back Under attack from the Seven Nations Army. Jack White, who broke the internet by playing an Eddie Van Halen guitar on Saturday Night Live a oh couple no. of weeks ago. Oh, no! Not acceptable. Uh, number two song of the century, according to Rolling Stone, Paper Planes by M.I.A. I'm not sure I've ever heard this in my life. From 2007? Wait a second. I think they're using a sample from an old Clash song, but anyway. I kind of like this. Yeah, that was essentially, there's a cool story in the article about that, how when she was making that, the person she was making it with, they got in a fight. She threw the hard drive that contained the song at him as he was getting into a cab. Uh, yada 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 Seth Rogen puts it in a trailer of a movie and it just blows up mm. and they had a clash sample and they were trying to figure out a rhythm section so you did mention uh, notice huh. that the number one song of the century so far according to Rolling Stone magazine a tune that came out in 2003 which means four <laughs> of the top five songs according to Rolling Stone all came out in 2003 I think you guys nailed it this guy was like a senior in high school in 2003 <laughs> 
<laughs> and just discovered beer or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This list is fraught that, with problems. That's seriously odd. Yes. Right? Crazy in Love by Beyonce featuring Jay-Z. Beyonce and Jay-Z. Here we go. We use this one on the air all the time. That's a good song. <sighs> Greatest songs of the century, 18 years in. Whose idea was that? And four of the top five are from the same year, which is hilarious. No wonder Rolling Stone is dying. Is, so is Rolling Stone, like with your kids, they, does it have any weight at all? Do they ever talk about, look at, think about Rolling Stone? I'd have to ask It hasn't come up know. in conversation, though. Like, my dad was aware of Rolling Stone for oh, yeah. me. Sure. my wall was covered with... David Cassidy, <laughs> shirtless <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Peter Frampton, like, shirtless. My whole wall was covered from Rolling Stone. dad was aware and he was troubled. <laughs> it came in the mail every week or month yeah. or however often it came. And uh, you know, so my parents were definitely aware that it played a role in my life. I don't know if it does for anybody anymore. It's like all magazines, right? It's a website. Oh, yeah, it's a website. It's a pretty good entertainment website. I'll click on it now and again. They do a pretty good job other than this stupid list. But. <laughs> Dude, you had your first girlfriend and had your first beer in 2003. We get it. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> that is so hilarious. You're not supposed to say, these are my songs, if you're a music critic. <laughs> yeah. All right? That's kind of, of course, I hate music critics. <laughs> How much time have we got now, Michael? Uh, about 20 seconds here. 20 seconds, which is just the right amount of time to say, be safe this 4th of July week yeah. or something, because we're going to be gone all night. I say you drink to excess and eat stuff you normally don't. That's my advice to you. But do take a, a moment to uh, to look at some of the founding documents. Maybe read the uh, the interesting part of the Declaration of Independence. Once you get about halfway through Thomas Jefferson's complaints about Britain, it starts to get a little samey. But there's some really, really good stuff in there. Um, and and some stuff you're going to recognize from our current government. <laughs> oh boy, the irony! Was it last Fourth of July that I ate the seven hot dogs in one sitting? See how many I could eat. I think so. I might try to beat that record this Fourth of July. If you can dream it, you can do it. Exactly. All right. Hey kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host. Joe Getty. Thank you, Jack. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the squad. Final thought before vacation. Marshall Phillips, lead us off. I am going to be spending my vacation in Palm Springs, and on the 4th of July, I'll be at the Rancho Cucamonga Massive Fireworks Show. That sounds fun. Big fun. Enjoy yourself. Any any drinking involved? Of course. There you go. <laughs> Positive Sean, your final thought? Yes, I'm going to quote the uh, fantastic comedian Tom Rhodes, and I've thought about this tweet literally multiple times a day every day since he tweeted it a week ago everyone wants to save the world but no one wants to use their turn signal mm. Mm. wow That's pretty good wow heavy michelangelo your final thought okay i'll give my annual fourth of july message fireworks are funny till somebody gets hurt then they become friggin' hilarious <laughs> <laughs> wow michael was a big hit to the event last yeah. night lots of laughs oh, of course of course uh, Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I like reading uh, founding generation stuff over 4th of July. And here's uh, two of my favorite suggestions. 1776 by David McCullough or Bunker Hill by Philbrick. Great books and easy to read. Wow, fantastic. My final thought is, uh, well, it's cribbed from a certain uh, Virginian. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. Stop eating out my substance. Yeah. I, I hate that. It's one of the reasons we started shooting British soldiers, and that, that's what we got now. I hate it when you do that. I know. I got no substance left. It's all been eaten out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Damn swarms of officers sent hither. Pisses me off. So how long does this music go? we got an extra 20 seconds today. I'm on Why? vacation now. Why do we have extra time yeah. today? 
I think probably because I was tired and mistimed this. Oh, okay. oh, oh yeah. Who, a show of hands, who's hungover today? Oh, uh, how many Sean is. I'm a little, Sean uh, is. Joe's weekend. a little. Marshall? No. No, not you, at all. Not at all. Michael, no. no. Okay. Well, just two. Not a big deal. Not more than usual. Armstrong and Getty Rabbit get up under their <laughs> grueling four-hour workday. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Uh, so many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Just pick one of the stations uh, near the top of the list if you want to see the links. Uh, anyway, uh, have a great Fourth uh, of July. Have a great week. We'll see you in a bit. If big news comes out, we'll probably be tweeting about it. If we want to have a little conversation about something extraordinary being said or done, which seems to happen every damn day in the modern era. If something huge comes in, Joe will come into work. Because that's yeah. the way we do it. China invades. I may phone in. <laughs> we'll see you the next Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Max Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.